Turn with us today in to Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians chapter three. And we want to continue with this prayer of Paul's as we look in verses three through five. Verses three through five. Again, this is just just in reading this and thinking it's it's the prayer request part two. The prayer request part two. Second Thessalonians three verses three through five. When Robert Louis Stevenson was a boy, he once said to to his mother, Mama, you can't be good without praying. How do you know, Robert? She asked. Because I've tried. <laughs> what this brings to mind is a story of a little fellow, one who had been sent to his room because he had been bad. <laughs> Typically, that is boys, isn't it? Yeah. A short time later, he came out of his room and said to his mother, I've been thinking about what I did, and I said a prayer. That's fine, his mother replied. If you ask God to make you good, he will help you. His response to his mother was, oh, I didn't ask him to help me to be good. I asked him to help you put up with me. Some of you have that little boy at home, don't you? <laughs> or you raised him up to be a man and some other woman's having to put up with him. <laughs> now, what's interesting, though, about this exchange is that the mother trusted God. She was confident that if her son sincerely cried out to him, that he would help her boy be good. God is faithful. She believed he was faithful enough to help her son. Also, we see that this boy, he trusted God. He believed that if he would ask God to give his mother what she needed to put up with him, that God would be faithful and he would help her. God is faithful if we'll just believe it. And it appears the Apostle Paul felt the same As this boy and this mother, he trusted that God was faithful to provide whatever we need. So if we look in the text today, we begin to see this. As Paul says, but the Lord is faithful. Who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you. Both that you do and will do the things we command you. Not now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. This is God's word. God, we thank you for this day. We lift you up and we praise your holy name. For God, you are faithful. And God, we ask right now that you would move in our midst through the power of your Holy Spirit. You would speak to our hearts. That you would give us comfort and peace and strength. 
And that, God, that you would be glorified in everything that's said and done. And, God, we pray that you would move upon the hearts of those who may not have a relationship with you through your son, Jesus Christ. That today would be the day that they would call upon you. And that you would hear. And that their lives would be forever changed. Now, God, you have your way. And we'll praise you for all that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. About three weeks ago, we began to look in chapter 3. And the Apostle Paul begins by saying, finally, in this chapter. What we shared was that he was transitioning to close out this second letter to the Thessalonian believers. And in the transition, it appears that Paul offers up a prayer request. Uh, And as he offers up this prayer request, it wasn't just a general prayer request. It was a specific prayer request. He, we noticed that he asked prayer for the proclamation of the word of God. Paul asked the Thessalonian believers to pray that the word of God would run swiftly just as it had in Thessalonica. But Paul also prayed for or asked a prayer request for the protection of the messenger of God. He was asking that the Thessalonian believers would pray that he and other messengers would not fall prey to unreasonable and wicked men. And in seeking out this specific request, the apostle understood well what he was up against. He understood the opposition that he would face. He understood the struggles that were awaiting him. He understood that not all men have faith. He understood that some men viewed him as a traitor. He understood that some religious leaders would would try to stop him. He understood some, perhaps many, would not receive him or the message that he proclaimed. But Paul was even more aware that his Lord is faithful. You know, I'm so glad we can know that without a shadow of a doubt that our Lord is faithful. We don't have to fear those who oppose our message. We don't have to uh, fear the struggles that come before us. We don't have to fear men who don't have faith because our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, is faithful. Faithful. He has promised that he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. He has promised that the steps of a good man or a good woman have been ordered by God. He has promised that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And I believe he is faithful. He's promised that if we that if they destroyed his temple, that three days he would raise it up. And he did just that. And on resurrection morning, he rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. He is faithful. We will be faced with many things in this life. But we can know that the Lord is faithful. And because he is faithful, you need to know that you are protected. In verse 3, we find the word but. 
And I've shared time and time again how I love to see that word and how it transitions what was, has been said to what is about to be said. And, and Paul says, but we can sense the shift in the direction of Paul's address. And we noticed in, in verses 1 and 2 that Paul was seeking prayer for the Thessalonian believers because there were men out there who were not of faith. But here in verse 3, he begins with encouraging them with the aim that aiming toward the Thessalonian believers because there were, even though there were men that were not of faith, God is still faithful. Paul shares that, that because he is faithful, he will establish them. The word established, it, it means to strengthen, to secure, to make more stable. So Paul is telling them that they could count on the Lord to give them the strength they needed to accomplish whatever task God laid out before him. No matter who opposed them, he would give them the strength needed to continue on with the mission of our Lord. But the Lord's protection was not just that he would establish them, that he would strengthen them. But Paul says he would guard them against the evil one. So it appears here that he is sharing that even if Satan, the evil one, was standing before them, they could know that the Lord is faithful and he will stand guard over them and give them the strength to continue no matter how much evil, or how much the evil one would roar. You know, there's so many examples of this throughout Scripture. There's so many examples of God's faithfulness in the face of life-threatening circumstances. But I'm reminded of Esther. Many of us know the story of Esther. And some of you, if you don't know the story of Esther, if you've never read it, I would encourage you to read that story. We went through it in Bible study not very long ago. And, and it's just a wonderful story of this young Jewish girl who became queen to the king, uh, King Exorcist. And she, she kept the fact that she was the niece of Mordecai, a Jewish official in the citadel of Shushan, quiet while they were living there in Persia. Sometimes after Esther became queen, Haman and Agagite, he was promoted to prime minister in the Persian Empire. And along with his promotion, the king sent out a decree stating that all officials would bow down in honor and reverence to Haman whenever they passed by him. Now, for a proud Jewish man like Mordecai, this just didn't sit well. Mordecai, he wasn't having it. As a matter of fact, he just defied the order because he knew if there was anyone he was going to bow down to, it would be God, not man. And when, when Haman observed that Mordecai refused to reverence him, he was filled with rage. And he set in motion a plan to not only exterminate Mordecai, but also all of Mordecai's people. Not just Mordecai's family, but the whole Jewish nation that was living in Persia at that time. What this meant was that the queen's identity was threatened to be revealed. But not only was her identity threatened to be revealed, her life 
was even threatened. So when Mordecai heard of Haman's plan, he went to see his niece. He went to see the queen. The queen would be the only person in Persia that could help the Jews at this time. Esther wanted to help her people, but she also knew that just requesting to see the king could result in her death or or her banishment if he was not pleased to see her. 30 days had went by and he had not requested to see Esther. She didn't know what was going on with the king. She didn't know how frustrated he might be and to enter into his presence without being summoned. Oh, it was a life-threatening situation. (laughs) But Mordecai continued pleading to Esther. And Esther decided to risk her own life on the conviction that... (laughs) On the conviction that God had raised her up for such a time as this. Now, trusting in God's faithfulness and God's protection, she went before the king... She trusted that God would guard her and and she would be able to make her request. And when she went before the king, he was well pleased to see her. Now what Haman didn't know is that just in case the king was pleased to see Esther, she had a plan as well. But she had a plan that had been given to her by the Lord. And so, though through a course of several events that happened, Esther revealed to the king Haman's plan to exterminate her and her people. And this resulted in Haman's death at the very gallows that he had built to exterminate the Jewish people. We shared last week... That we who have been born again are saved for a purpose. We're saved to do good work. None of us have been saved with the instruction to just sit down and just wait. That's not, we are to wait on the Lord, but we're to be about the Lord's business (laughs) while we wait upon the Lord. We haven't been given the privilege to sit back and just watch others work. He's given us the call and the command to do good work. And I want to assure you today that the works our Lord calls us to do are for his glory and for our good. And if he calls us to do works that will glorify him, we can be assured that he will protect us as we do his good work. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he will strengthen us and enable us to stand firm in uh, trusting his faithfulness. And when we may feel overwhelmed, we can know that he will guard us. He will shield us from the evil one. We don't have to be afraid for our Lord has not given us a spirit of fear. Instead, he's given us a spirit of love power and of a sound mind our enemy the evil one cannot cross the bloodline the lord is faithful and we can trust him he will protect us he's faithful he's faithful to protect us but also you can know that he's faithful and because he's faithful you can persevere The Apostle Paul continues to encourage the believers in Thessalonica. 
by sharing his confidence in them. Now, Paul believed that genuine believers would trust the Lord to be faithful. And if they trusted that he is faithful and that he will protect them, Paul was confident that that would be enough to motivate them to persevere no matter what may come before them. And they would do and would continue to do all that he had commanded them to do. I read an article in Our Daily Bread some time ago that shared how George Mueller began praying for five of his friends. After many months of praying, one of them came to the Lord. Ten years went by of praying and two more were converted. Twenty-five years of praying went by and a fourth was then saved. Mueller persevered in prayer until his death for his fifth friend. And through those 52 years, he never gave up hoping that his friend would accept Jesus Christ as his Savior. And his faith was rewarded. For soon after Mueller's funeral, the fifth friend surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. Mueller knew that the Lord was faithful. And this motivated him to persevere, to continue praying for his friends. He continued to do what he could do. And he trusted God to do what only God could do. I think we must ask ourselves, are we motivated to persevere? How many times has our Lord proven himself to be faithful to us? How many times has he strengthened us for a task? And I want to say too many that we could count. How many times has he guarded us against trouble? I'm confident saying more than we even know. Folks, we should be motivated To do the things he's commanded us to do. Why? So that through us, the world sees his love. Through us, the world sees his strength. Through us, the world sees his grace and mercy. Through us, the world sees that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son to be beaten, to be mocked, to be crucified for you and me. He's faithful. He he said in John 12 and 32, And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples unto myself. Folks, he is faithful. He's drawing people from every nation, every language, every tongue. So let's persevere. Let's continue to do what we are commanded to do. Let's continue in his steps. Let's continue to love, to live, and to share the gospel. So that the world will see through us that our Lord and Savior lives. That he loves and that he changes lives. Yes. If we continue to persevere, the Lord will direct our hearts to the love of God. And he will grant us the patience of Christ. What kind of patience is that? It's the patience to persevere till we leave 
this cruel world and enter into our heavenly home. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Folks, you are protected. And you've been given everything you need to persevere. So I pray that we continue to move and do as God would have us to do. And if you're here today, if there's somebody here today who does not have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Or if there's someone here today who has drifted, who has failed to persevere in your walk with the Lord. And you're out of fellowship with him. Today you can know that he is faithful. If you will call on the name of the Lord, he will answer. If you believe Jesus is God's only begotten son and that he died on the third day, he rose, that he died and on the third day he rose from the grave. If you confess your sins and confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will find that he is faithful. He will protect you and you'll be motivated to persevere in his love and in his patience. If you feel you have failed him, I can assure you everyone in this place has failed him. But in spite of my failures, in spite of your failures, in spite of everyone else's failures, he is faithful. Call out to him and he will restore your joy and he will restore your fellowship. Right now, the choice is up to you. Will you today? Will you today believe that he is faithful? That he'll protect you? And that he'll motivate you to persevere? Lord, he's better to me today than he's ever been, it seems like. But I know he's always been good to me. It seems like serving him is so much sweeter today than it's been in the past. But every step with him has been sweet. It's not always smooth, but it's been sweet. To walk across rugged rocks and up mountains and down in valleys. He's walked with me every step. And he'll walk with you. Would you today trust his faithfulness? Trust his protection. And persevere in, in serving and loving him. Today you can make that first step, would you? As they begin to sing the song of invitation, would you today? Would you today begin to live under the protection of Jesus, persevering in his love and patience?